Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Win Pod Repeat coming at you after a brief, brief uh, two-week hiatus. Uh, Spencer Wellington was on the road, seeing the sights, drinking the booze, uh, saying hello to all the beautiful women. Spencer, you're back from vacation, refreshed. How you feeling? Uh, definitely refreshed. I mean, I wasn't very refreshed on Sunday. I'll say that um, I was I was pretty dead, but uh, you know. Saw the, saw the sights that there were to see in uh, the great cities of Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Nashville, and Memphis, Tennessee, and New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, so I uh, can't say that I was tuned in to the Sox last week. Uh, I tuned in to the Celtics when I could, and that was a bad time. Um, so we're not going to talk about that. But uh, I, you know, I'm, I need you to kind of bring me up to speed on where we are with the Sox. I, I've done my best to catch up on the standings and kind of seeing where people's averages and OPSs are. And, um, you know, we won some games. That's that's what I was aware of last week. Don't you worry, Spencer. Well, you were hitting back those gin and tonics. Your boy here was locked in on the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I, I so. regret to inform you that uh, very few gin and tonics were drank on that trip. I, what it, were we, what were a, we drinking? It's a whiskey trip, and you go from the Bourbon Trail in Louisville That's down fair. to That's fair. Nashville. You know Tennessee whiskey, okay. and then you're in. You're literally on Bourbon Street. The street is called Bourbon. So like, you you, you, know. you do in fact have to have Bourbon on. You're you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. So, uh, I did appreciate you though sending me a beautiful photo of. Uh, your gin and tonic, the one gin and tonic that you had, I don't know how many you had, but uh, with just G and T with a heart. Uh, I don't know, a heart. I got to tell you, Sam, I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, there's no way you remember sending me nope. uh, this. But you were just like, yep. So maybe you had a few That's more gin and tonics than you remember. Yeah, well, you know, as as we've recapped this trip, um, I've discovered things that I don't remember. So, you know. That's just how it's it goes. Not, it's, a, it's a good time, all right? Yeah. Uh, it means I good really times are ahead. I hope your parents listen to this podcast. I hope they turn into this. And... It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> My parents would be like, typical fucking Sam. God damn it. No. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Listen, you're back. So we should talk about the Red Sox. You and should. it happens as we're recording this podcast today, June 21st, 2022. That's 744. The first uh, All-Star ballots were dropped out today. Um, So for those of you that aren't familiar, um, currently one Red Sox is in position to be a starter in the All-Star game, and that is, uh, of course, the best third baseman in baseball, without a question, uh, Rafael Devers, tearing it up. Um, Xander Bogarts currently sitting in third in shortstop voting behind, uh, it is Bobachette and Tim Anderson. Uh, J.D. Martinez also in third in the voting behind uh, Shohei Otani and Jordan Alvarez. Um, And Christian Vasquez is fifth in the voting for catchers. Um, Spencer, just taking a look at that ballot. What's the the first thing that sticks out to you? Um, The first thing that sticks out is that uh, Blue Jays fans have come out in full force. Um, And so have Yankees fans, to be honest. Um, in simping for their players who aren't actually that good. Um, if you look at the outfield numbers, in 7th and 8th are Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez. They place lower than 30th in war among outfielders. 
in the American League. Uh, they have one Bo Bichette, who is leading the shortstop voting. Um, and he is, let's see, he is a full two war below one Xander Bogarts, who just happens to lead the American League in Fangraphs War. This is a Fangraphs podcast. Uh, we use Fangraphs War here. Um, and he's also well ahead of Tim Anderson, although Tim Anderson is a lot closer. And Tim Anderson uh, is a lot more deserving of a top three spot than Bo Bichette. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got Blue Jays fans, you know, coming out in full force, which, you know, hey, that's their right. They're allowed to vote just as much as Red Sox fans are. Um, so, really, it's less about complaining about them and more about Red Sox fans needing to show up in um, in the voting and click on names like Xander Bogarts. Click on them. You just You had to, you had to slide that in there, huh? You had to just sure slide did. in your, Wasn't it your smooth? click. Hashtag clicked. It was. I mean, I listen. That was in in radio and podcasting. That was great. That was like a nice little a great like, transition. But right now we're gonna we're gonna consider it a tease. Okay, we're not we're gonna yeah. we're not All gonna right. talk That's about fair. your ridiculous hashtag yet uh, because I want to talk about <laughs> how you know fucking Xander Bogart's third. I, you know, I felt this way all year with, and it's not just the fans; it's the media in general not giving enough love to what the Red Sox are doing, considering the fact that for most of the year, they've been the only team with three hitters hitting over 300. One yeah. Rafael Devers, one Xander Bogarts, and one J.D. Martinez. Now, I can understand no that J.D. is third in the voting behind Shohei Otani, who's amazing and a, you know, a two-way player. And Obviously, when you're looking at his stats, you do have to take into the weight of him also being a pitcher. Um, and Jordan Alvarez has been unbelievable this year. Um, he would have my vote for the top DH. I did, in fact, vote for J.D. Martinez because I'm biased. Um, but the Xander Bogarts thing, that's the biggest one that really sticks out to me. Um, just, you know, I, I get, you know, Blue Jays fans and Red Sox fans aside, uh, if you're looking and you're voting for shortstops, you know, how can you not consider Xander Bogarts the best shortstop, if not one of the best players in baseball this year? Not only should he be getting all-star votes, but he should probably be getting consideration for MVP. I'm not saying you should vote Absolutely. for him to win, but he's a guy that should be getting votes. Um, so it's just, you know, I I just think, you know, even like when uh, this week, or was this week? Last week, MLB put out their, you know, hitter power rankings of the top 10 hitters in baseball. Uh, Devers was not on there. Uh, Bogarts was not on there. Uh, but don't worry. What are we Yankees doing? fans. If you can't tell that MLB is based in New York City, Matt Carpenter was on the list. And all, all respect and love made Matt this Carpenter list. for what he's doing. Uh, that is a phenomenal question. I would <laughs> I would love to know what group of people. And What does he I mean, have, like 30 plate appearances this year? Yeah. Like, let, let me pull up Matt Carpenter's stats. And I get yeah. that again. You know, power rankings in the sense of it's who's hot, you know, lately. But... I, I mean, yeah. So, okay. So, Matt Carpenter's numbers this year. He's got yeah, six home runs see. in 31 plate appearances. So, yeah. I was literally spot on. Yep. Yeah. 1249. Yeah, that's incredible, actually. Good good on you. Uh, you. He does have I've a 1249 totally OPS. But, again, we're talking about sample sizes. Uh, you're going to put – you're going to rank Matt Carpenter ahead of what Xander Bogarts has literally been consistently doing all year, which is just – hit the baseball. I mean, 
literally like you you and me we're in a we're in a daily fantasy league and mm-hmm. at least once a week i put xander bogarts in my lineup like you get a good matchup you put him in dude's unbelievable yeah i mean you're trying to win so that's you know a good yeah. choice yeah makes sense absolutely and he's like he's like the only guy that's like unjinxable like i feel like i knock on wood he's been unjinxable. <laughs> yeah don't don't say that shit yeah but so yeah like, it's just like you know I don't want to say that, like, the fact that, you know, that these guys haven't been talked about does impact the All-Star voting, but it does. Like, who we're putting right in front of people's faces makes, you know, for the casual baseball fan, you probably don't realize how good Xander Bogarts has been this year. Which, yeah. again, I mean, they were talking about it on Nesson. He should really be one of the faces of the Sox at this point. He's been so unbelievable. Yeah, I feel like in the national media, people kind of have, like, Red Sox fatigue, you know? We were in yeah. the ALCS last year, and we just won the World Series, and we've won four since the turn of the century, and, you know, we're just kind of dominating since 2004, and, um, oh, am I talking about the Red Sox too much? Um, for the national media, I am. Uh, and, like, basically, I think they were, like, wanting the Red Sox to be dead when they were bad earlier this year, and so they're like, oh, okay, like, we can write them off. They're done. Um, but, in fact, they're not done, and they're rising up the playoff standings, you know, as we speak. So, um, yeah, the national media, no love. They're all obsessed with the Blue Jays, who were almost overtaking. And they're obsessed with the Yankees and the Mets also, you know, New York media. So, I mean, okay, let's give the Yankees their due. They've been tearing, you know, the cover off they've the ball. Been Absolutely. Yeah, like, I mean, they've been, yeah. Aaron Judge would be my vote for MVP right now. That's who I would vote for. Yeah, that's the correct vote. I would probably put in for Aaron Judge. Yeah, But he's going to die. We've talked about that before the season, so we don't have to really worry about that. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just a bunch of bias, and um, we got to get the vote out. That's what we got to do. Well, it's it's funny, right? Because, you know, no longer friend of the podcast, um, Scott Scott Walchick tweeted at us. He's dead to us. Oh, I didn't didn't realize that. Yeah, exactly. I will be tweeting out this clip to let Scott know that he's dead to us, uh, yep. confirmed. Uh, but Scott, you know, when I tweet out about how great Nick Pavetta has been, you know, goes, oh, I didn't realize uh, that, you know, the season started May 7th. And I'm like, you know, no, it did. the more I think about it. It did. And you know what? I didn't realize that the season ended on June 21. Why are the Yankees acting like they've already won the World Series when – Last time I checked, they got bounced in the wild card game last year. That is the last thing they like, did in the playoffs. Like that, you know, the last again, you know, go to the go to the World Series for the for you know the first time in a decade, and then maybe talk to me, and maybe stop complaining about the Astros and actually do something before you you know. I just like that's how I feel about it. Is it's like okay, like you're right. Like if we were to you know crown a regular season champion at this point. It would be the Yankees, no doubt. I mean, they've been playing these unbelievable games. It feels like they're in almost every game, um, aside the game that they choked away against the uh, the Blue Jays on Sunday. Uh, let's go Jays. That was that was very Great satisfying game. for me. But again, it's, like you said, it's June 21. You A bunch of guys in that lineup, uh, you know, one Aaron Judge, one Giancarlo Stanton, um, even a guy like, you know, post-Tommy John, Jamison Tyon, who, you know, posts Tommy John, Luis Severino, guys that you're like, we have to get these guys to fucking October 1st. And they've been unbelievable. And Matt Blake, their pitching coach, has done magic. I mean, they're the best offensive team and they're the best defensive team. Their run differentials plus 145, which is, you know, 
blowing everyone else out of the water. But nobody gives a shit what you did in June if you can't go do it in October. Um, Lucky so for us, there's another half of the season to play. Literally, you know? more than half. Like, we're, yeah, we're just like, it's unbelievable. Uh, I also, mean, because again, um, just to counter Scott's point, everyone knows that uh, that April was still part of spring training this year, and the season did in fact start May seventh. So, um, yeah, I know he didn't. Like, I know he didn't know that, but Scott's kind of an uninformed baseball fan, you know. So yeah. um, we got to help him out every once in a while. So listen, he's just he's in that box that we call Yankees Twitter, and inside <laughs> Yankees Twitter. All you're hearing is 27 rings and Derek Cheater's the greatest defensive shortstop of all time and all these other made-up things that we know in the real world aren't real. So you're right. Yeah, Sometimes you have to take these guys out of their bubble uh, and, you know, show them what's what. Yeah. So, but yeah. What we're here for. That's, that's all I'll say about that. Um, it is actually a pretty good transition, though, since we have been talking about how impressive the Yankees are. Um, you know, the Yankees play 500 ball the rest of the year, they're still going to win, you know, 97, 98 games. So you're looking at, you know, the Red Sox who since it's insane. It's absurd. Um, you know, what they're doing, you can't not say is going to be, I mean, I'm very interested to see how they finish this year because the pace is historic. Um, so if you're the Boston Red Sox who, you know, have been playing as good as the Yankees have, uh, is unfortunate because as they climb up the standings from where they were, they're still just as far behind the New York Yankees. So if you're the Boston Red Sox, you know, when you're talking about where you want to be come the end of the season, is it realistic to say, you know, rather than saying, hey, we're trying to win this division, which of course you are, but is it more realistic to say, hey, we're shooting for that first wild card so we can get home field advantage in that first round of playoffs? Yeah, I think that's definitely what you're shooting for. 13 and a half games back is... Uh, as much as we'd like to say otherwise, pretty unlikely to come back from. It would be awesome if it did, and then we would have that over Yankees fans in addition to the you know four championships we have this century over them. And, uh, you know, we've actually won since 2009. But other than that, um, it would be nice to be at home in the wild card round. And, you know, you host all three games of that series, so that's that's pretty big. And once you've done that, Assuming you've won that series, you get into a divisional round that we proved last year. You can you can play play the better team. The Rays were the better team last year, and we still went in to Tampa. We took a game and we beat them. Um, so you know we know that that can be done. The playoffs are a crapshoot. That's what it is. And then you get to an ALCS, and we know the Yankees won't be there. So you know it's, maybe we're playing the Astros, something like that. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. You're right. I mean, the end of the day is just to be there. And once you're there, you know, it's baseball. It's out of all, you know, four major sports. It's the most where it's like, it's a crapshoot, you know, home, home field advantage is nice. Um, especially, you know, especially if you're a team like the Yankees who have the advantage of, you know, the easiest park to hit a fucking home run in, in right field. Um, so, you know, you want to take advantage of those things, but you know, if you're a team like the Boston Red Sox and you believe you're a team that is competitive, which they their play over the last month and a half has shown they can really compete with. I mean, I again, you know, this has been a stretch of the schedule that hasn't been particularly taxing and challenging, but they still had the their best West Coast trip since 1995. So the best West Coast trip that we've ever seen in our lifetimes. 
Um, they still went and won a series against the NL Central leading St. Louis Cardinals this past weekend. And they've won all the games they should win. They went and they dominated the A's. They won, you know, five of those six games against Oakland. Their only loss came in, in you know, a Rich Hill start at the end of the series. Um, so they're in a good position. And if they're playing, you know, the way they should be, which is the offense has been great. The starting rotation has been great. Obviously, there's still questions in the bullpen, but hopefully they're finding some more guys that they can trust. Um, these upcoming series are going to be interesting. Like this, this very after they're done playing Detroit, the Red Sox will go and play Cleveland, who, you know, if you had told me the same thing about the, you know, the Guardians that you said about the Red Sox, you know, that they're going to be in the same spot, you know, a month and a half ago, I would have said you're crazy, but they've also been playing incredible baseball. That series is now fighting for the third and the second wildcard spots. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, oh, shit. That's an important series. And then you go play the Yankees, Tampa Bay, the Yankees, and I believe Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay's a mess. They're so banged up. It's unbelievable right now. Yeah. So when I when I checked the uh, standings, when I got back from my trip, I was like, Cleveland? Like, yep. Cleveland? Where do they come from? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I don't even know, like, how they're good. I know Jose Ramirez is like an MVP candidate and Shane Bieber is pretty good at baseball. Other than that, yep. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm going to give you, kinda... I'm going to give you one name and it's Terry Francona. I just think that dude knows how to put guys in the position to succeed. I think it's very much yeah. like an Alex Cora. I mean, Cleveland's kind of BS their way to having good teams before. So it's not that surprising, I guess. No. Um, but like you said, they've been beating teams they're supposed to beat. And that's one of the most crucial parts of having a winning team in baseball is winning the games you're supposed to win. Um, and, you know, they've done that. And they've basically proven to me, at least at this point, that they're good enough, you know, to go to the playoffs. And yeah. once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Um, their pitching staff, you know, we've had Nate get injured and we've had Whitlock go on the IL. Um, so it's, you know, we've taken some hits there. We've had guys step up, like Winkowski. Um and we have hopefully Chris Dale coming back, and we hope that the injuries to Nate and Whitlock aren't long-term things. We knew that was going to happen. We mentioned it. I may have jinxed us. We uh, won't confirm or deny whether I jinxed us or not. But um, you know, we we I'll knew confirm. that was going to happen. They have to figure out the pitching staff, but this lineup, this group of position players, is has proven they're good enough, and hopefully, there's you know more coming from that in terms of Cassis and um, whether Duran keeps this up and he ends up being a key cog, who knows whether Jeter Downs gets in the lineup and starts to play well, even though he bats under 200 and triple a, who knows, you know, who knows? So I'll tell you, man. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, the most interesting question to me about the things that you brought up right there was, was Jeter Downs coming up because uh, when that happened and you texted me and you're like, Jeter Downs is coming up. I'm like, no way. I, I like, I double checked you. Like, and I, I don't usually doubt you. Like there are people like, like if Will Camilleri sends me something, I immediately <laughs> assume that it's incorrect and wrong. Yeah. Uh, Cause he you, I'm like, gets okay. all of his information from Twitter. You mean like yeah, that? Yeah. Just yeah. Tw- where'd you hear it? Oh, from this guy on Twitter uh, yeah. reporter. I don't know. Don't kids don't be like Will Camilleri. <laughs> Please, like, confirm Please check a verify your source. two sources. Yeah, reliable Before you sources. send it to your group chat, check the source. 
Because like Please. if there's someone like me in it or Spencer, we will make fun of you. We will rescue. Uh, re- relentless. But I I'm gonna be honest. You texted me and I was like, there's no way. I'm like he's hitting 180 in the minors. I mean I know that you know it's just interesting, right? Because like obviously the batting average is dog shit. It's terrible. But he's got yeah. 11 home runs. So it's I mean it, you're talking about a, like a real three true outcome guy of you know home run strikeouts. Um, I don't know if there's walks involved in there. So two to at least two true outcomes. Yeah. Uh, but, and obviously, like, he's going to, you know, there's Arroyo, who's in Worcester tonight, and Kike, who, sh- you know, should come back. So the thought is that his stint's going to be short. You know, I got to so be honest, Sam. I forgot Kike exists. <laughs> I, I kind of did, too. Like, and it's not Kike's fault. There's been so many guys in that lineup that have been mashing right now. Like, Jackie Bradley's been pretty solid. Um, Christian Vasquez um, has had an awesome stretch. And, like, as much as his numbers aren't, like, overwhelming, they're good for a catcher. And yeah. they've been yeah, super timely hits. Like, talk about, like, game winners, go-ahead, home runs, base hits. Like, and Rob uh, Refsnyder is, like, the greatest player of all time. So, yeah. Rob Refsnyder! In the outfield, too. Superman. I mean, like, he's watching Jackie Bradley out there, and he's like, I can do this. But then he's hitting, you know, I know it's been, you know, we're talking about, we're shitting on Matt Carpenter, and obviously Rob Snyder has a small sample size, but. No, it's different. We know he's good. Yeah, we're we're confirmed. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we can't be Rob Snyder. Sample size doesn't apply to Rob Snyder. No, absolutely. Rob Snyder is God. Like, he is, he's (laughs) the greatest player that's ever lived. Um, and you can't change my mind about Rob Refsnyder. Yep. Facts. So, but I'll tell you, man, like, it's interesting because things I, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, acquisitions that you felt like at the beginning of the year, all the, the Heim Bloom deniers and haters were like, oh, this guy's bad. This guy's bad. This guy's bad. But look at some of the guys. Franchi has been unbelievable. Three hits last night. His underlying numbers, his analytics are amazing. He's got one of the best hard hit rates in baseball. Uh, John Schreiber with an ERA below one in 20 Stud. appearances this year. Amazing. He's suddenly become like some. Seven, some may say an all star. Some have Not said us. on our Twitter account. Some on Twitter. All star. Listen, yeah. uh, you give me 10 more appearances of John Schreiber absolutely shutting the fuck down. Everybody, I'm in. I'm fully on the John Schreiber. And he's gone nine straight starts without allowing, or nine straight appearances, not starts, um, without allowing an earned run. Um, He's only allowed earned runs in two of his 21 appearances this year. Um, So fuck yeah. Give me me some more. Um, Because like, you know, again, like a guy who's probably an all-star is Clay Holmes for the Yankees. And Clay Holmes has about 10 more appearances than John Schreiber. So you just want to see that quantity. That's, I think, my only qualm with John Schreiber but besides that like for where they found him as a guy who had like 16 professional innings before this and had just floated around he's 28 years old from Ohio Northwestern University like it's I love it I love the story they had him on intentional talk today um which was great because you know Millar does that show and Millar's in Boston so they just had him chilling with Millar at Fenway which was fucking great that's awesome um but yeah like guys like that uh, you know, Matt Strom hasn't been overwhelming, but he's been one of the most reliable bullpen guys this year for us, which you know doesn't say a lot. But definitely like I'm a top five reliever for us, you know. Yeah, 
Absolutely. We, I mean, considering about... what they got Strom for, like, it's great. Right. We talked about it earlier in the season where we were like, you can either trade for an established guy or you can hope somebody comes out of nowhere because that's how bullpens work. And Driver's doing exactly that. I mean, who knows yeah. if it lasts? It's yeah. probably more likely not to last than it does last. But, you know, at this point, you would take what you got already. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And, I, I'll, you know, the thing I do love about the Boston Red Sox community is that there's so many great, like, accounts and sites for everything. Um, when John Schreiber first got signed, um, Red Sox prospects actually wrote an article saying, you know, the Red Sox have an opportunity to catch lightning in a bottle here um, because nice. of his just unique set of pitching. And he ended up, you know, they were, they were right. He caught lightning in a bottle. Um, so, yeah, man. No, I mean, uh, I – listen, you know, the Red Sox – Obviously, before Heim Bloom, weren't a team that operated like that. And I know there's people that don't like that. That's how you operate in today's MLB. You want to go yeah, get you gotta the keep big guys and the stars. You got to find guys, you know, because when you have more guys like that one, you know, you have a farm system that you're also feeling comfortable with. But you still have to think the Red Sox probably go get a bullpen arm in the trade deadline. What I like about the way they're going to operate yeah. is that you don't need to go necessarily get the biggest name out there. You can kind of go try and do what you did last year when they went and got, you know, Hansel Robles and Kyle Schwarber, where it's like, okay, you know, we're not going to give up the house for a guy, especially for a guy that we're going to have for three months. And then, you know, he's gone forever. We're going to go trade a guy, you know, our number 25 prospect to get a guy that we believe, you know, we can, you know, plug and play wherever we need him to go. And that's, that's where I would actually feel more comfortable that the farm system is so good. Like I'm, it's I'm not stacked. trying to, yeah, and I'm not trying to, you know, like I even look at like, I mean, I give the Blue Jays a lot of credit. You know, they went and got Jose Barrios last year and they gave up a lot to get him. Um, the prospects that they sent over to Minnesota have not looked like they're panning out so far. Oh, really? Um, That's Austin Martin not good? Austin Martin has been bad. Yikes. Like like Jeter Downs bad. Yikes. Um, so, I mean, well, obviously. We you never can know. go get ourselves a Jose Barrios this, this trade led on you know, I mean, that would be exceptional, and yeah. they have the resources to go do it. Um, but yeah, I you know, if like we've said a million times, if the bullpen's our biggest worry, then we're still in a good place because that is something that, in fact, we can go get at the trade deadline and not exactly have to, like, break the bank. So, so all right, we've gotten fur enough in this podcast. <laughs> I need you to defend yourself, Spencer. Um, I'm ready because. Uh, obviously, you know, you and I both tweet from the win pod repeat account, mm-hmm. um, and you and your support of, you know, your bold prediction of Nick Pavetta being an all-star, which, who, by the way, I would, if I had a vote for a pitcher, I would vote for Nick Pavetta as an all-star right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you use the hashtag click Nick. Sure the obvious one of picnic was right there. So... <laughs> In hindsight, would Picnic have been a better selection than what I picked? Probably. It was in the moment. I needed something that rhymed with Nick. I needed a good hashtag. Click came to mind. When these things happen, Sam, you got to be timely. (laughs) You know this. You're throwing out these stat-related tweets, you know, that happen after a guy hits the ball or 
pitches an inning or something like that. You can't be yeah. being like, hey, that ball was scalded. It's like four innings after it happened. So sure. I just went with it. You were not available at the time to consult with. So I just went with it. <laughs> and then basically immediately after you commented on it, I was like, I kind of forgot that fans don't vote for pitchers and they just get picked. So <laughs> will the um, coaches or whoever picks this be clicking something in a computer? That's possible. It might be, it might happen that way, but um <laughs> Yeah, pick is is probably should be it. I mean, it's probably not too late to change it. I don't see pick. No, we're Nick we're committed now. No, it's it's click Nick. I've already tweeted out. Uh, okay, like five that's times. fine. All right, we'll go. With Listen, it. we're we're in. Uh, I'm trying to you know I have to make fun of you, but I also have to you know be a supportive uh, podcast co-host. I appreciate um, that. And listen, you picked something that rhymed, so that's good. Yeah, uh, you picked something that made <laughs> like sense. you got you got almost all the way there, and then you failed at you the did. finish line. <laughs> You like, yeah, absolutely. Like you got all the way there and like, and that's fine. You know, when it comes to, you know, next year or a net, you know, another guy. Yeah. Next year I'll get us a good hashtag. Uh, That's it. You know, we'll start, we'll, we'll, we'll start by by playoff time. We'll even, we'll push up the timeline by, by playoffs. I'll get us a good hashtag. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I was trying to think of like a good hashtag to like talk about like you making good hashtag, but you, like you said, spur of the moment, I, it's, it's not there right now. So yeah, that's all right. We'll brainstorm some, you know, uh, are you saying you don't want to make a hashtag that then I would roast you in turn for? Oh yeah. Like I can't give you that ammo. It'd be too easy. I'm still in the, you know, I still have my prediction of, listen, I still have my bull prediction of Alex Verdugo hitting 300 this year. So you can just openly he's not very close to that right now he's uh, in fact quite far away so uh yeah i uh nick pavetta and i mean we should say he's 13th in american league pitching war right now um they picked 12 pitchers for the all-star game they're not all going to be starters you're going to have some relievers in there so he does have to make his way up a bit more in his last what you probably have three starts left maybe yeah, uh, to, yeah. To kind of prove your case, he's within 0.2 war of number eight on the list, Jamison Tyon. That's probably where you have to get to. And you would think that people would be like, we don't need three fucking Yankees pitchers on this thing. So you can kick out yeah. one of Nestor Cortez, Jamison Tyon, and Garrett Cole. And if you're going to kick one out, it might as well be Garrett Cole. So, you know. Which, by the way, uh, who has a worse CRA than uh, Nick Pavetta right now? So Yeah, well, he's bad. Actually, so. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, he starts this weekend against the Guardians. Uh, you have a good start. Promising matchup. That's, yeah, absolutely. You Especially because Jose Ramirez like, is hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. I mean, listen, it was impressive this past weekend. Dude shut down Paul Goldschmidt, who's been the best hitter in the National League. Uh, probably would win the MVP if you had the vote today. Um, he did a great job of limiting Brendan Donovan, who's hitting 340 for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, that dude came out of nowhere. Uh huh. Um, and a, honestly, a, a Cardinals lineup that's been one of the best it's been in a very long time. A team that, you know, it's a really good lineup. I mean, yeah. they got Tyler O'Neill got hurt, but other than that, really good lineup. Yeah. I mean, he was playing against the Sox. So, yeah. You know, dude looks like he, you know, lifts anvils every morning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he doesn't, like, break his arms in half every day 
when he's weight training. Yeah. So absolutely. So that's probably what happened. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the dude. I, listen again. I I have to talk about it. I talked about it with you, but I have to talk about it on the podcast. The thing that really impressed me the most about Nick Pavetta, because again, you know, when he's, you know, he has the stretch of like five good starts and you're like, okay, he's having a good run. You know, that's what pitchers like Nick Pavetta do, but we're talking about nine starts now. And in his last start, you know, he goes each of the first three innings, he walks the first batter. First, first batter of the game, he four straight balls, walked them, gets out of the inning. What he's been doing with runners in scoring position and working out of jams that to me is the most remarkable thing. And even, you know, when he doesn't, you know, obviously it felt like for like the first three innings on Sunday, his stuff wasn't all the way there. You know, he wasn't hitting all the corners. I will say the umpire was also squeezing the zone. It was a tight zone. You weren't getting a lot of those calls that maybe you would get on a different guy, but a good pitcher adjusts, right? Like a bad pitcher like Garrett Cole will complain. will say, oh, it's the baseballs. Oh, it's this, it's that. It's not fair. Are you calling him Good a whiner? Yes, uh, very much. Uh, you know, some some real Kermit the Frog energy, if yep. you will. Um, <laughs> and for Nick Pavetta, and they and they were mentioning this on the broadcast too. You know, he wasn't getting upset about the. I mean, you know, any, any pitcher, you know, you get a bad call, and you're like, ah, but like, you know, wasn't barking at the arms, wasn't being dramatic about it. It's just going and doing the fucking work, and that's what you want to see from a guy. You want to see a guy that's like. Just, I'm here to get fucking outs. I'm here to do my fucking job. And I love the energy. When he struck out the side in his last inning, and he just you just see him go, let's fucking go. Like, pump that into my veins. I just yeah, like, love I, and, and like you said, you know, you said at the beginning of the year with your bold prediction with Sale and Paxton both being hurt, he was going to need to step up and be a guy if the Red Sox were going to be competitive. And now with Evaldi, that's hurt. He has done a job where... Okay, I mean, listen, we got the surprise appearance of the year from Michael Waka being amazing, but Nick Pavetta, I mean, I would consider Nick Pavetta the ace of that staff right now, the way he's been pitching. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Inside the Monster today, and basically that's what they were saying is like, you know, people are pretty conservative throwing around the term ace, and, you know, they want it, they want people to hit certain you know, statistical marks and shit like that to, to call somebody an ace, but he's the leader of the staff at this point with Evaldi on yeah. the shelf, with Sale on the shelf. So he's our ace and he's been pitching like it, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, like, this is this is my definition, right, of an ace is, and I think you can have multiple, you know, aces on a staff, but an ace to me is a guy when you come in, you expect to win. It's not like, oh, you know, we'll see which Nick Pavetta we get. At this point with Nick Pavetta, it's been, you know, a month and a half of him being absolutely dominant. When I go into Nick Pavetta start, I feel good. I feel like we That's should That's a good definition. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're just, you, to me, it's like, what makes a pitcher's job so hard, right, is, you know, you could be facing a really great lineup and you don't really have control of the ball game. I feel like a, a true ace, you're in control. You know, you may be facing Vlad Jr., you may be facing Jose Ramirez, it doesn't matter. Like I'm going to win more of these battles than you are. And you might, you might get me, but that's you're you know, you're going to have to work for everything you're going to get from me. It's not going to be, I'm not going to leave you any cookies up the middle. I'm going to make you work for it. Yep. Absolutely. So, but yeah. So, all right. One, one last topic. And then we're going to, we're going to send everyone packing. Uh, 
thing I've loved about this Red Sox team lately, you know, obviously the winning, loved that lately, but you're starting to see some of those guys that were just terrible at the beginning of the year start to show up. Bobby Dahlbeck has been stepping up in big spots. Jackie Bradley hit his first go-ahead, recorded his first go-ahead ribby with the Sox since he was there in 2020. Uh, Christian Vasquez has been hitting timely homers and has been hitting near 300 since the beginning of May. How important is it? And obviously we can see how important it is with the record, but how, like, how much credit? Uh, yeah, that's the better question. How much credit? Because obviously, you know, Devers, Bogarts, JD, they've been great all year long. But how much credit do you give to these guys at the bottom of the lineup that are finally starting to, you know, carry their weight a little bit and make a difference? Um, I give Christian Vasquez a lot of credit because he's got, I think it's a 93 WRC plus, And you'll take that every season from a catcher. You get put up and a 93 WRC+. And for a guy that's a great defensive catcher, too, to back it up. I mean, I will say it's kind of like a catcher renaissance going on right now in the American League. You've got uh, MJ Melendez came up for the Royals. He's hitting well. Salvador Perez is still good. Uh, Sean Murphy has been very good for the A's. So you do have some some catcher offense coming back lately. Um, Jose Trevino for the Yankees? Yeah. That's another one? Fuck that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fucking slap dick catcher comes out of nowhere. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I'll give Christian Vasquez a lot of credit. I give JBJ a lot of credit. I was at the point of, you know, being ready to DFA him back in April, even in May. Um, But he's at the point where I don't think that's, you know, necessary. If Kike comes back and Jaron Duran is is still hitting very well, then maybe it's time. But, um, you know, he's earned some rope, I I feel like. Uh, Bob is still hitting 205. Um, I'm not sure, like, but his OPS is up to a 616, and it was down in, like, the 400s a couple weeks ago. So he's definitely playing better, and, you know, I was kind of wondering when I was going to get the notification on my trip last week that Bob was sent to AAA, but they won't do it. They're committed. So you got to respect the commitment there, and, um, you know, he's been playing better, so... As long as he's playing better, you can't cut him. Yeah, so again, his his sample of improved plays is a lot smaller than Vasquez and JBJ. Um, But last 12 games entering um, tonight, uh, he's hitting 297. He's got an OPS of 839, two homers, seven ribbies. Um, I, you know, if that's That's what you're going to get from him, that's perfect. You know, I mean, an 839 OPS would be awesome. That would be phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's interesting because, um, you know, things we, we talked about earlier in the year in this podcast where, you know, him seeing more pitches, him, you know, hitting stuff away. Um, and from watching it, it, he's been a lot more patient at the plate. So he's not – because the problem was is he would go down 0-2 and then it's like, okay, shit. You know, you're already statistically not probably going to get on base. But now the pitcher is in complete control. You know, he's going to be able to put the pitches where he wants to put them. And you're kind of, you know, at, at the victim, you know, you're waiting for him to, you're stuck, you're fucked. Um, He's been seeing more pitches, working counts. Um, There was a point against the Cardinals. Who the hell was pitching? But uh, they had walked three straight batters. And one of those was Bobby Dahlbeck. And he just watched 
four straight pitches go. And I'm like, that's very unbobby like of him to sit there and Bob? see some pitches. And, yeah. and that's what you got to do, man. I mean, even like uh, Franchi this year. I mean, obviously, Franchi Cordero is hitting the shit out of the baseball. But one of the big things that's noticeable to me is his, his chase rate is down 5% from his career average. That's what you want, you know, because again, another guy that can hit the shit out of the baseball, but if you're swinging at bad pitches, it doesn't matter because if you're going to strike out 30, 40% of the time, then we don't want you in the lineup. Exactly. Yeah. So we can't, we can't have that. And that's what we did have. So, yeah, but it's, it's crazy. So they actually, they asked Cora before the game tonight about the depth of the Red Sox. Cause obviously, like you said, you know, we were talking about Kike's out, Arroyo's out. We've had guys like Ref Slander come up and contribute. Franchi Cordero has been contributing. Um, you know, he was just talking about how great it is to feel like you can, you know, you can give a guy a night off and you can really plug and play. And we feel comfortable with all the guys that we're putting in our lineup. That's what a good team can do. You know, guys are going to get hurt in a 162 game season, being able to have guys that you can call up and trust and make those plays. And that's how your offense keeps scoring runs. And that's how you win games. That is how you win games, for sure. Scoring runs. Listen. Facts. Can't argue with that. Simple formula. Yep. <laughs> score more runs than the other team. That's the that's the formula. That's a simple formula. Somebody should you hire score you, runs. <laughs> Yeah. They, I mean, listen, they should. I, I'm open. I'm open to opportunities. Let me know. Uh, you know, you can just DM me on Twitter, and uh, I'll uh, take all jobs. And I will uh, accept your uh, offer as uh, coming to me. Yep. There you go. Absolutely. Listen, you just get so make sure that you address it to Sam. You know, nope. none none for spit. Nope. <laughs> well, uh, listen, we can we can be a package deal. I'm fine with that. We can compromise. That works. Yep. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. You know what? One last thing. Since uh, there is an off day on Thursday, and we haven't done this in a minute, uh, do you have any do you have any off day uh, movie picks for the people? Well, uh, I did take in the. Uh, Worldwide Phenomenon, Jurassic World Dominion yesterday. And, you know, for our listeners, I like to recommend good movies. And so, therefore, I can't really recommend Jurassic World Dominion to you. If you haven't seen Top Gun, please go see Top Gun. That is a far superior movie. Or if you have, go see it again. It was amazing. That too. Take a chance on Lightyear. I haven't seen it yet, but, but maybe take a chance on that one. If Elvis is premiering at your theater on a Thursday, you might want to take a chance on that one too. Um, and... You know, if you're if you don't want to go out, if you're trying to stay in, a movie I just recently um, watched for like the millionth time because it's awesome is uh, Captain America: Civil War, um, in preparation for the new Thor movie. Um, and you might be saying to yourself, um, Spencer, Thor isn't in that movie. Why are you watching that? And I would say that you're correct, but he is in Infinity War and Endgame. And if I'm going to watch those movies, I might as well watch the movie that prepares you for those movies. So. Um, never really need an excuse to watch Civil War, and every time sure, I watch it, movie. I come away just being like, "Damn, that's a great movie." So, mm-hmm. so yeah. listen, I'm gonna recommend Elvis. Uh, there you go. Obviously, haven't seen it yet, but I do have my tickets for Thursday. That is what I'm doing on my off day. Um, people in raving about Austin Butler's performance. Um, he was also just cast in Dune Two, uh, so very excited to see him and see what he can do, and see if that's gonna get me more excited for him being in Dune 2 along with Florence Pugh. We love Florence Pugh on this podcast. Big, big Florence Pugh podcast. Yep. Um, If there's just an everyday movie pick, it's just anything that Florence Pugh is in. Florence, Uh, if you're listening, we love you. 
we love you we and like it's not yeah it's not weird it's normal it's fine. no it's it's cool it's regular but yeah uh elvis is my pick i'm pretty excited to go see it um and don't worry i will give you uh my full review we look forward to it so all right well that's it for us today on win pod repeat thanks so much for tuning in uh red Sox keep winning uh, we'll keep podcasting and uh, we'll do this all again. Again, give us a follow, win pod repeat on Twitter. Um, tweet at us, tell us what you think of the show. Uh, subscribe, listen, do whatever it takes, tune in. Um, and we'll be here talking Red Sox. So we'll uh, we'll catch you all good people next week.